Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, and uh, from As the Joe Flies and Disney Deciphered, Joe Chung. Welcome, guys. Good to see you. Hope you had a, a nice trip. I know, Mark, you're going to talk about your uh, wonderful trip to Seattle, so we got a lot of cool things to hear about there. How's everything else going? I'm in here in body, but maybe not fully spirit, so... The trek goes All on right. two more weeks until I can just like lay in bed at home. Since this since this is going to be a Mark centric episode, my favorite, just so everyone knows <laughs> on the record. But uh, I I did want to you know Mark and I were talking online about the new Lord of the Rings show on Amazon, and I told him to wait one Snooze more episode. Fest. Which, <laughs> fair enough, he says I say for every single show. Which, like I that's that's a fair that's a fair accusation because I like slow burn shows. Uh, Lord of the Rings is probably one of my favorite book series, definitely uh, my favorite movies. So I was going to be all in on this no matter what, but uh, I'm bringing this up because Mark, have you watched episode six yet? No, I made I it like so. 10 minutes into the five and I was like, I'm done. I couldn't, I was watching it on the plane uh, ride out to, uh, out to Seattle because we, I was flying Alaska and they're junky and don't have TVs. <laughs> Yeah, so I do want to warn people. You know, I don't I don't really watch Game of Thrones because it's like too violent for me and I'm I'm just old, I can't deal with that anymore. Anyway, Mark, episode 6 is pretty violent. It's like some people were watching the Lord of the Rings show because they want to avoid, you know, that kind of violence and stuff like that. There's still no sex or anything like that, but uh it was pretty gory. Orc blood is black. Mark I don't know if you knew that or I know not, that. Yeah, but I've seen the you movies. will know that for sure when you finish episode six, if you watch it, it was, uh, it was pretty gruesome, but uh, it was fun. But anyway, I just, that's kind of I, a, I, I wanted to bring that up because it's a warning for parents out there. Cause if you've been watching rings of the power, like the first five episodes, like Mark says, it's kind of, it, you could think of it as a snooze fest and you're not too worried about the violence and stuff like that. What, if you're concerned about this, watch episode six before you watch it with your kids. Cause um, you know, it's quite a bit of violence. I remember when uh, Game of Thrones first came out and they said, it's like Lord of the Rings, but, you know, they actually have sex drives or something like that. Like there is nudity and, and uh, a little bit of more of violence and stuff. But I found myself five episodes in to not like any of the characters. Like I almost want the orcs to win because I just find them all very annoying. It's interesting you bring that up. Uh yeah, maybe you watch the episode. It's very humanizing. Yeah, it's or maybe, not very. Maybe number six. Someone would be like, "Get him!" No, no, it's like it's uh, it's somewhat humanizing for the orcs, and all of a sudden you're like, "Do I want them to get completely massacred?" It's uh, you know, there's there's some quiet moments in the episode too, but it's mostly a battle episode, so uh, it's fun. But yeah, I like the show. You don't have to so like it. We can all like our. Is own this things. you recommending it now because it was got violent in in the sixth episode? Does that mean it's getting better? Joe, or is it? Uh, I was I was recommending it no matter what, but I understand Mark's it's argument. Great if you want to go to bed, it's a good bedtime yeah, story. I understand Mark's argument that it was slow, but if you're still not totally out on it yet, episode six just makes up for like all the violence that they skipped in the first five episodes. They just put it all into one episode, I guess. Do you find yourself liking any of the characters though, like the lead characters? Maybe the guy that's supposed to be the king, but isn't the king. That guy's okay, but like the head elf chick, I find her very annoying. Uh, the queen on the island's annoying. The you know all the people in the town are annoying. I just find them all very bad. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think uh, I think one of the reasons why I like the show is because 
I mean, I understand where things are going to end up. Because, like Galadriel, the head elf, she's good in the end. But right now in this in this series, she's painted as a very dark character. But you know where she's going to end up because um, both in the books and the movies. I think what I find so most she interesting get, is that is that the, which where is she in the movie? That's Kate Blanchett. She's Kate. Oh, Blanchett. okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the. So you know that she's not she has a pretty dark side in this this show but you know she's going to end up well. What I like about the show is you know just from the way Tolkien writes things that humans are the ones that are most susceptible to going bad, like breaking bad. And every single one of the human characters right now, you can see how they could break bad, but you don't know if they're going to break bad or not, so I'm I'm curious to see who ends up breaking bad in the end. Um and so I don't even know if we'll see that at the end of the season, but Definitely I love that you brought up because... a way better show like seven times right there. <laughs> Speaking of Breaking Bad, like, TV I finally... hour older over. Go ahead. So here, here's a little hack. I'm trying to get through season six of Better Call Saul. Thankfully, when I was in Mexico, I downloaded it onto my iPad because in Netflix in Mexico, season six is fully available. Here in the U.S., it's not. And then I kind of got tired of because I have to watch it on the iPad. So I kind of got tired of that. So I was like, I'll break down and, and get a trial of amc plus because mark's always talking about that to see season six and season six of better call Saul is not on amc plus it was only on it's for not? a few weeks no so oh. you can't all you can do is buy it right now um, so i'm back to my ipad yeah, i remember I, it was that's crazy that they pulled it yeah it was on there for like a certain amount of weeks after the episode aired and uh so my ipad i just took take it off wi-fi so it can't check where it's at and uh the download still works so i'm slowly working through better call Saul. Or just use a good VPN. I don't know how well they work with Netflix, but you could just do that too. That's how you actually break bad, Mark, by going down to get the drugs and then you just get the FBI's better, coming to his download house. Better Call Saul how, episodes on the how side. How dare you watch this on your iPad? Yeah. Uh, that is a tip that I wish I had known when we went to Vancouver. My kids really like watching Wild Kratts on Amazon Prime, but apparently PBS Kids is not included when you're overseas so same hack though download everything before turn off your wi-fi and that's the way to watch it if you have stuff uh overseas that your kids really need to watch especially on if you're just sitting at the hotel for a long time so that's a really good hack that uh information that would have been useful to me yesterday yeah just uh, the only thing you don't want to do is don't stop watching a show and then not get back to I, once you start watching it the download i think you have 48 hours before it expires so one of the episodes, I fell asleep early and it expired, and then I couldn't go back and uh, and watch that. So I had to just go forward to the next episode. So I don't know the the exciting lives of uh, international streaming rights. So I guess that means it's time to talk about Seattle. But before we do that, if you like this show, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us in any podcast app. Just search Miles to Memories or head to mtmpodcast.com for links to subscribe anywhere. For cards, support the show, all that good stuff, mtmpodcast.com. So, Mark, was this trip another one of the trips where you going around the country trying to go to all the baseball stadiums? Yeah, it was uh, It was my buddy's 40th birthday, so I said, where Where do you want? Well, it's coming. His is coming up in like a week. And I said, well, where do you want to go? Pick some places. So we picked like, you know, one or two places. Top one was Seattle because neither one of us has ever been there. And uh, we've never been to the ballpark, obviously, since we've never been there. So... The, you know, with the baseball season being a bit it started late, we had the opportunity where normally it'd be playoffs right now or something like that. So we had the opportunity to check it out this past weekend. The weather was great. It was it was like 75 and sunny. Didn't even bring a rain jacket to Seattle, which I felt kind of weird about. But yeah, so we were able to uh, get to the park, check it out, knock that one off the list. 
Seattle missed, what? You before we talk about uh, Seattle weather, you missed. You say what you're gonna say. I'm gonna say it's because Alaska Airlines sucks. I, I don't know what I don't know what you think I'm gonna say, but you missed the game to be at. Yes, that's day. why. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know the context that I'm talking about, the Seattle Mariners haven't gone to the playoffs for like over a decade or something like that, and they had a very tense nine-inning, two-to-one win with a walk-off homer, which sent them to the playoffs, and that happened the day before, the night before you went to the actual uh, game, right? So you missed yes. that by a game. Yeah, we got I'm to the uh, hotel as soon as like the walk-off happened. Like We drove by the stadium, and they're still playing in the bottom of the ninth. Oh man, and I thought you were like planning. I th- I thought your original plan was to go on Saturday, but no, you were. No, we were gonna go Friday night because we we wanted to get that out of the way. Plus, a night game versus a day game, like a whole different atmosphere. The stadium's lit up at night; looks really cool. So we just kind of wanted to do that Saturday. We were supposed to fly out at seven thirty a.m. and get to Seattle like nine thirty, something like that. And uh, then we, we had a whole day that we could have explored and then gone to the game at night. We would have been there. Now. I kind of left it open either one, and I didn't really expect them to still be in the playoffs when we booked this. So I was waiting to buy tickets anyway, thinking the prices would be cheap because usually the Mariners are terrible. And then they did well, and I was like, all right, our buddy Rick that lives in Seattle, I'm like, how many games left? He's like, they need this team needs to win, or this team needs to lose, and we need to win, and it's down to this. And he's like, Friday was working. I was like, I kind of hope they lose Friday because we have to go to Saturday. Uh, and it was working out that if they lost that game, we would have been at the one that they could have clinched it. And... Of course, bottom of the ninth, we're watching it on the plane or on the in the taxi. We're like, what the heck? This sucks. But yeah, we're supposed to fly out at 730 a.m. And then without an email or anything, I just checked the flight a couple weeks out and they moved. They canceled that flight and moved us to the 630 p.m. flight. So we missed it. I still got to write them a thing saying you ruined my whole trip. Thank you. <laughs> Congrats to Seattle, though. <laughs> yeah. 22 years makes me feel, you know, it's, it's kind of like Lions-esque right there. 22 20 or so 22 since, or something since since the that's that was like their 100 and was a rookie the, the last time they were yeah, in the playoffs yep it was like the 116 win seat game season or something like that i don't know if how old do you feel now but old bro all right don't talk about baseball anymore moving on so why why do you hate other than them changing your flight why do you hate about alaska airlines let's start with your i don't this was your first time hate. flying them right yeah yeah i'd never i mean out of detroit everything goes to seattle so there's no real point. You like even going to Vegas, you go to Seattle, stuff like that. So there's never really been a, a purpose to fly them or a good you know route to fly them. So I was like, okay, I booked in first class because it's my buddy, my buddy's fortieth. It was thirty thousand miles a person, not cheap for a domestic economy, but or for domestic first, but not terrible. So we booked that, got the flight change, which wasn't great. No notification. We get on, and you know it's an older plane. They have like. Uh, I, I want to say, did you get the reference on Twitter, Joe? The rub the furry wall after smoking a Jeffrey. That's what it looked like. It was like shag, weird carpeting on the bulkhead wall. That's uh, yeah, that's. You ever seen ideal. Get Him to the Greek? Yes, yes. Yeah, when they're when they it's smoke nice. a Jeffrey. It's nice. It's nice little like native <laughs> carpeting. Like a, it's it makes it unique compared to other airlines. Native carpeting. Like a, Great. Classic. No, native designs, I mean, like, you know, from Alaska. Like, that's what I, I it's feel bump, like it's it bumpy. is. I love that they're Alaska Airlines, but they're based in Seattle. But moving on. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, But it just had... makes it, it, it makes you feel like, okay, I'm on an, an airline that's, you know, an Alaskan airline. There's some, something a little bit different. Um, I get, it does look weird. I always thought that the, that carpet in the front was weird, but I always appreciated the effort to make it, like, unique. It is a little bit dated, though, probably, yeah, compared to what dated. you see. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's very, very dirty. I I look at it as like if it looks like somebody like threw up on the wall and then they put carpet over it to cover to hide it or something. <laughs> but no, so you know, it was an older plane. I'm sure the newer ones maybe they still have the carpet, I'm not sure. But um no pre departure drink, which isn't a huge deal, and it's like hit or miss on most airlines these days. But I guess uh, PDX Steels guy said they never do that. They just give you the the boxed water, which is actually I've never had that boxed water before. It was actually pretty good. I don't know. Um, and then the the food selections were not anything that was appetizing to me, which you know that's me. My buddy didn't eat anything either, and we thought you know on Delta. The last flight I had back from Mexico City, they were out of the meal I wanted. So I was like, you know what, I'll just I'll just have lots of snacks. So they bring over like the snack tray thing, like all these different options. And she's like, take whatever you want. You can have as many as you want. So we didn't get any type of snacks or anything. Uh, they had warm nuts, which were good. A little, little tiny bowl of warm nuts. And then like halfway through the flight, they're like, would you like a warm cookie? So we got that. It, like, it, it was pretty good. It fell apart. Like as soon as you picked it up, it just like crumbled. But it was... Okay, but that's like all we got, and I'm I'm kind of like, well, that seems a bit much, especially for a longer flight like this. You think there'd be like a snack box or tray or you know options or something? And then uh, he's like, they're really known for their beer selections. They had an IPA and a Pilsner. They were like craft beer, but that was it. Two beer options. Flight attendants were all great, very nice. Even the workers like that work you know at the gate and on the uh, jet bridge and all that stuff. They were all super nice, cheery, happy. So I get it for that. Maybe people really love the service. Uh, it, they seemed to be one of the the happier crew, and that could be very crew dependent. But overall, the experience like no TVs, nothing that like that. Older plane, food options not great, drink options not great. It just it, I, all I've ever heard is how great Alaska is. So I was kind of surprised. I think that's probably fair. I think before the pandemic, they used to have really good food in first class. Um, I know I really like noticed it was a step above, but I haven't flown them since the pandemic. So fair enough there. And I agree with you. They always have very friendly flight attendants, which sticks out. I mean, the fact that the plane is old, I mean, most new planes don't have screens anymore. They're taking screens off of planes. So like, I feel like you Not only the get... Best. Not the best. <laughs> <laughs> so like most people have their stuff. So I, I feel like I'm getting more used to that. I do always like having a screen if you can, but I feel like I'm getting more used to that. But yeah, I mean, uh, an old plane doesn't sound like the, the end of the of the world. But uh, it just feels like you're you're experiencing a lot of the problems that we feel we experience with any airlines these days. Of course, I'm used to flying Frontier all the time now, so they don't even give you free drinks or anything. So I'm just I feel like I've gotten myself used <laughs> that to like doesn't no even service. Get you, get, it doesn't even get you free water, Sean. <laughs> no, but uh, Spirit, you get you get a snack if you get their status, and they're doing a match now. So I'm I've been tempted, but then I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole because then I'll be flying Spirit every other week and. I don't know if I can. Yeah, the, that's that. the, uh, the only major airline left that I haven't flown in the U.S. is JetBlue. So, uh, you know, Spirit's big out of Detroit. So I'm looking forward to that combination. And then I can get on, you know, some useful JetBlue flights because the only good flight is to uh, Boston uh, out of Detroit. So similar issues as with Some Alaska. might say the best flight. <laughs> Not me, Is though. there mint Detroit to Boston? Yeah. Not me, though. <laughs> no, no mint uh, Detroit to, to Boston. All right, so you get to uh, to Seattle. So you were staying in the Embassy Suites, right down uh, over by the stadium on the edge of Chinatown. No, I made a last minute change oh, after okay. talking to PDX Deals guy because I booked it. That that's the number one rated hotel in uh, in uh, Seattle, which I found kind of strange. It was uh, Embassy Suites, and it was right by the stadiums. 
So I thought it was perfect. And then I realized it was a day game and it's on like the southern edge of town. And I talked to you a little bit and you said it's kind of away from everything. There is a little bit of stuff around it. And it, I probably would have kept it if it was a night game because that's not, you know, go back after maybe hit around the area, around the stadium, then go back to the hotel, be done for the night. But since it was a day game, I'm like, there's no real point for being down there. So I moved it to the uh, 1000, the Hotel 1000, which is an LXR property, uh, Hilton or Hilton's like premier brand that Crockford's and all that's in where it's kind of like unique hotels. I think it used to be a Lowe's hotel before that. So it was a, it was a really pretty property. Yeah, I noticed that when it when that launched, and I was looking at burning some certs there earlier this year. Um, I ultimately uh, ended up staying somewhere else, but that that hotel looked really nice. So how did how was your experience with that? I'm assuming you used Hilton free night certs. Yeah, it was it was like five or six hundred dollars a night, ninety thousand points. So I used two free night certs, booked that room as a a double bedroom. It, of course, it had the uh, the bat, the big soaking tub with the window into the room, which I don't understand this, like in a single bedroom. Okay. But what two people are going to a hotel, not sleeping in the same bed that want to watch each other bathe? Like, <laughs> I don't think hey, that, 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 that ever don't, works out. Don't, well. don't kink shame Mark. <laughs> yeah. This is a question <laughs> like you shouldn't that. ask. Maybe people have one like funny business bed and then they sleep in the other bed. I don't know, but yeah, it's uh, it was weird. At least they had like a powered curtain that you push in and it closes, so that was fine. Um, so the room was nice. They at check in, they're like, "Yeah, we have a golf simulator that's free to all hotel guests. You just need to reserve it." Like they were very excited about this, and we're like, "It's pretty open tomorrow. Nobody's using. It. You should probably do it." And we're like, "Okay." I was thinking about it, and then I ended up booking a, a separate room. For Saturday night, because my buddy was snoring so loud, I slept like not, I had to put headphones in, and I was <laughs> and I couldn't sleep, so I booked a second room for Saturday night just so I could get some rest. And I used points that for the, that. Isn't that the beauty of being good at this stuff? Like you were able to not only change your hotel last minute, but then book an, another room on points. I mean, I think that is one nice advantage of being in the hobby and just being savvy about how to handle these things. Yeah, for sure. Like, and you do stuff that you normally like. If it was five hundred fifty bucks, there's no way I would just suck it up. But ninety thousand Hilton points is still a lot of points. But I have you know gobs of them, and they're pretty easy to earn. And I don't use them all that much because I usually use free night certs whenever I'm staying at Hilton, uh, which are also fairly easy to get. So yeah, it's just amazing what you can pull off and stuff you do. Random stuff like if you have a four hour layover, maybe you book a hotel for five thousand points just to have a place to go hang out, uh, stuff like that, which normal people, you know, and we'll get into the, the issue of traveling with normal people later in this story. So any other takeaways from the, con, uh, from the, not the Conrad, why am I calling it the Conrad? From it looks the, uh, like Alex a Conrad. But... Yeah, that's why. I think I'm kind of like confusing it mentally with the uh, Conrad in New York City because um, I was looking at all that. Yeah, the same I mean, way, it but... doesn't have like the dark woody tones that like a lot of Conrads do, but it's got, it's kind of like that level. Uh, they had only had one restaurant, which was, Okay, uh, you got the $50 in credit in their commissary or whatever was just like this weird little nook and everything like was kind of expensive. So that was another option. I will say at this at this property, if you use it on the at the restaurant, it automatically comes off. If you use it on the commissary, you got to tell them at checkout and then they wipe it off. But I was able to use it on both rooms, which I thought was kind of unique since they took money off the commissary like manually and my buddy had uh, room service breakfast. I got like both things credited, so I guess that's a little hack. Maybe uh, <laughs> eat breakfast the last day and 
and uh, just uh, wait for it to hit the bill later and it automatically comes off. I don't know. But we did do the golf simulator. Funny enough, we ran into an MTM Diamond member in Seattle and he was staying at the hotel with his wife. So he ended up meeting us at the game, had a, a drink with us, and then we went back and did the simulator for an hour. It's I can see why it's not used. Uh, the tracking is pretty horrible. Like, And they had a, a child's driver in there. It's the best way I could ex- explain it. Very short. You had to squat to hit. And no matter what you did, like I hit a whole bunch of balls trying to get it to go. And I got like one that went 240. And the rest were like, no matter what you did, it went like 160. So it, the system's not great. Now, it is a cool area to like just go hang out in. It's air conditioned, you know, really well. There's a TV sitting area, lounge area. So if you have a group and you want to watch a game, I would just be like, I want to use the simulator and just kind of mess around with it. But it's something that you can like you know, get beers from the commissary, go down there, hang out, watch uh, some football or basketball or something. And that's, that's kind of the hack I would say for that. Is this a, like a top golf themed one? Cause I've seen those in like hotels in various places like MGM and stuff where they're advertised heavily. Have you ever tried one of those? Yeah, I, I've seen those. I have not tried that. It's not, it's more like a, a true simulator where you play like a, a golf course, where you putt and all that stuff. And the putting's terrible. So it's just a really, really cheap one. Like maybe one that you would put in your basement yourself. And I mean, the room is nice. I don't know why they wouldn't just spend a little bit of money on having a, a good simulator because the setup is awesome. They have two bays. So you could actually have like two different groups in there or you can just say, I want both bays. Uh, so it could be really a, a unique feature, but it just falls a little short. I'm guessing whatever the old hotel was, put it in there and they just kind of ride with it and don't want to put any money into it. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing to be so so proud of, but it does seem like a cool benefit especially free for hotel guests. All right, so what sort of things did you do around Seattle? I remember you sending a message at some point talking crap about the Space Needle. And yeah, uh, um, yeah so space. let's... Space, it doesn't even come close to space. Oh my God, here you go. All the, all the Seattle... If you're from the Pacific Northwest, trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> no, like you, you, you see it on like Grey's Anatomy and all the show. Like whenever Sloop was in Seattle, like anytime they drop in, it's like this huge thing in the skyline looks as, like as tall as the tallest building and we're like walking to it we went to uh pike pike market first uh we did that in the morning which was really really cool they i mean you could spend a whole day there and not see everything it's really kind of like a maze and there's all these little shops and they're selling stuff that you didn't think anybody even bought anymore but yet there's a shop selling it and they have all these little restaurants and we didn't see them throw fish because nobody bought one you know, I don't know who's going in there that often and buying this huge fish for them. Maybe they people buy it just to have them throw it. Um, so we didn't get to see that. We saw the area, though. And it's just a really cool setup. And we went down and saw the gum wall where people just stick gum on the wall, which is kind of random. But It's so nasty, man, that gum wall. That, that is, I've seen a few gum walls in my days, but that one is like the juiciest, most filled up, nastiest looking one. Ugh. Like, yeah. how do you yeah. put the gum on without, you know... Um, you touch other people's gum. Cross just, contamination. You make friends. Yeah, it's just uh, unless uh. you can jump up really high and smack it, and then then there's opening on the top. Get on some. Yeah, shoulder, but if you do that, you risk your entire body hitting the gum wall. If you, oh, uh, could you imagine going at a bad angle? The gum wall? No, you gotta you gotta no. be you gotta, oh. be you gotta jump at the right angle. Otherwise, oh. you know you're in trouble. I should have I should have gone with like some buddies when you're like 24 and stupid and just shove people into the gum wall. Like like you know guys would do stupid stuff like that, but. No, it's such a really cool area, and uh, Lucas, the the diamond member that we met out there, he actually did like a food tour where you pay a chef, and he takes you around. It's like a guided tour through the market, and he takes you, and you get like little bits of food from 
different stalls and stuff. And he said that was like amazing. So I think that's really the way to do it. And you can even do the tour multiple times because each uh, person picks their own places to go. So it's, there's some overlap, but not entirely. And there is a really cool brewery restaurant right underneath uh, uh, Pike Pike Market. It's called the Old Stove, and it's got views of the, the water. You see all the cruise ships and everything. So that's a really cool place. At night, you got the Ferris wheel that you can see all lit up. So I definitely would say check that out as well for a drink if you if you like beer. They had good beer too. So and then we went to the uh, the mini Space Needle. <laughs> I mean, What's how that? tall is that thing? Oh, like wait, 60, no. It's still you're just, like sixty stories. Actually, Space Needle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought there was a second Space Needle that no, I didn't we're know like, about. We're walking to it, and we're to the point where we're like, you know, point three miles away. We still can't see the thing in the skyline. We're like. How is that? Like, why can't we see this? The, it's you were probably walking uphill, man. Chill out. You were walking yeah. uphill. You know, it's a bad, it's a bad perspective. We couldn't okay? see it over Gosh. like a three-story building. Come on, this it's tiny. So we pull, we walk up, and I was like, I didn't really want to do it. He was more into doing this, and we walk up. Uh, I'm like, this can't be it. That no, that that doesn't look impressive at all. It's 500, the, just like the top story, like where the restaurant is like 518 feet up. And then the spire is over 600 feet tall. Like that's still tall. I get yeah, it. It's not I said, like the CN Tower or something. But. Yeah, it's not the CN. Well, we, and we've been to the CN Tower together. So I was like, oh, maybe it'll be like the CN Tower. No, it's nowhere near that. Look, and I Mark, said, it the, looks like the, the Eiffel Tower in Vegas. And they're almost the same height. Mark, the space doesn't sound, stand, the space doesn't stand for outer space. It just stands for that it takes up physical space it's just yeah. a needle the, that takes up the canadians space. know how to build stuff to space we don't yeah. <laughs> no uh so we went up uh we did the whole thing i think it was 35 dollars a person time tickets except for you still wait like 30 minutes to get up there uh you go up to the top and then you can go outside which you can do in the cn tower but you feel more exposed than the cn tower like the winds blowing through hitting you because it's i think if i remember right this was we went when we were like 20 it was like metal opening, so you can everything's rushing through. And this was glass walls, slanted out, so you can sit on a bench and it looks like you're like leaning up against the the sky type of thing. So it does have cool views. Uh, you know, it, it, I guess if you like it, it's worth it. I don't, I don't know. It was okay. Uh, they have a really cool rotating restaurant that you have to have a reservation for, but that looked like a cool way to do it, maybe. And I think. Uh, PDX deals guy said that way you don't have to pay to go up. It's just you, you go to the restaurant and you get like the, the same experience. Did you ride the monorail? I mean, that's the most important thing to do there. No, I did not. <laughs> Look at Joe. He's like in shock. He's in shock. Of course, there's a Disney <laughs> angle to that monorail. It was uh, created by Alwig, which is the uh, same company that created the original Disneyland monorail. So it's like a true sibling to the Disneyland monorail. But it's really kind of pointless because it travels about a mile between two stations it was built for the world's fair and it's still there but it doesn't really it doesn't really get you too far or anywhere specific but it does run from where the space needle is but did you uh, so anything else iconic that you saw in seattle that you think warrants like sending people back or that made you fall in well, love with it i will say uh smith smith tower that's where lucas and his wife after they did the tour they said don't go to the needle go to smith tower it's a building you go to the top floor opposite yeah uh, it's a cool place deck yeah, and then you get like a drink with it. There's a cool bar up there and stuff. So I think that was a bit cheaper. It was like $20, something like that. Came with it. If I remember right, he said it came with a drink. So that's the, that's what I would do. I was like, oh, that stinks. 
The Smith uh, so Tower that's... still has like the old school elevators from back. It was the first skyscraper on the West Coast. And it still has like the original elevators from like the early 20th century with elevator attendants and everything, which I thought was cool to actually see them like, you know, they close the, the fence, the, they press the buttons, all that stuff. So I think I learned about that on a walking tour. But yeah, I definitely recommend going up there. It's pretty cool. And if, I, if they still do it the way they did it back then, uh, I think right now where the bar is, there was no bar back then, but that's like in the area that used to be the penthouse of the building. So you really do get some cool views of Seattle. Yeah, so I want to definitely do that next time I go back. But yeah, the only other thing we did that was major was went to the baseball game, checked out the baseball stadium. We walked all around downtown. I will say it's, you know, a lot of big towns, you know, cities, downtowns feel corporate or, or kind of gentrified. Where Seattle still kind of has like a vibe and a uniqueness to it, I'd say, that there's, it still kind of feels like a smaller city and, and has local places everywhere. Like even uh, Pike Market, where you're told, isn't allowed to, if you already have one of something, you're not allowed to put it in there. It has to be like a unique first place and then you can expand out because they don't want a whole bunch of, you know, corporate chain type of things getting in there. So that's kind of uh, unique. It's somewhat, af- you know, I thought it was fairly affordable drinks and stuff and food wasn't overly expensive. Uber, very expensive. It was like $50 from the airport and a regular taxi was cheaper from the uh, from the tower to the game or from the needle to the game was like $20 on Uber. Taxi cost nine bucks. So I would probably skip Uber unless you have credits to burn uh, in Seattle, which I found strange. Now you can take the train, the light rail from uh, from the airport, which is three bucks, four bucks a person. We just didn't have time because we were only there for a day, so we wanted to maximize time. It's about you know half as qu- or twice as quick to go by car, so we did that and and sucked it up. But the other thing we did, uh, you know, because we'll talk about the ballpark in a second, but uh, PDX Deals guys ha- knows the guy that runs the Graduate Hotels uh, rooftop bar, which is in the University of Washington district. And I've been wanting to check out graduate hotels for a long time. They always have like a cool rooftop restaurant bar, especially Roosevelt Island. I still am going to stay there. Yeah, I was going to say, I was just going to ask, this is the same hotel that's on Roosevelt yeah. Island. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So they have them all over. Like there's one in Lansing here in Ann Arbor. It's very college themed, always on like on a campus or near a campus. And so we went there, uh, had some drinks at night and they had, it was outside of downtown. It was like 20 minutes away, 15 minutes away. But it had views of downtown all lit up, so it was kind of cool. But I guess during the day, it's even better. You know, a cool atmosphere. Hotel definitely felt pretty cool, trendy, you know, good vibes, all that stuff. So definitely, you know, if you're ever in a town that has a graduate hotel, check if they have a rooftop bar and go there. I think you make a good point about Seattle and, like, having so many homegrown businesses that they're very proud of, whether it's restaurants, breweries, everything. It's, it has its, you know, its very own culture up there, I'd say. And uh, every part of it is there, and which is funny because you're like the market doesn't include like copycats, but then the original Starbucks, you know, of which there it's are eight thousand copycats. Well, I know it's not the original. Well, it's the oldest Starbucks. <laughs> yes, the original was yeah. across the on the caddy corner across the street, but uh, the oldest. Uh, the they down. still market it as their yeah as their yeah. original store um, is there. So it's like the the birthplace of the biggest franchise in the world, and then you know, place yeah, that fights people are like lined up out the door to get it and. It's the same coffee as anywhere. I know you want to go in there and say you went, but I guess the story was it was a storeroom for Starbucks across the street that burned down. So then they turned this into a restaurant or or a store a storefront, and they passed the test or whatever since it was they already already owned it, so they were okay to open it, even though it wasn't the original original. 
you know, you could be a great buzzkill and just walk the line outside that store and tell people that story. So, you, you know, you're not really waiting in line at the original Starbucks. This means nothing. Or you could bring Starbucks from like a block away and be like, hey, I just got this. <laughs> yeah, send them on a wild goose chase trying to find, uh, trying to find it. All right. So uh, I know you want to end talking about the airport and your crazy experience there, but you said you wanted to talk about the ballpark a little bit more. Yeah, we, you know, we went to the day game. The cool thing there was they had like all these out at leading up. They had all these restaurants and bars, which isn't super unique uh, in like storefronts that sold uh, gear for the teams. Like we walked alongside the football stadium to get to the baseball game and they have like these pop up tents that they sell hot dogs and stuff and like all these vendors outside. And it seemed like a lot of people went there and just got it because I'm guessing it was like half the price of inside and it was really good. Their, their claim to fame is the Seattle dog, which I found somewhat strange. It was onions and cream cheese. It's a weird combination. I don't know. That is a strange. Yeah. Was it Was it good? Did you try it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was fine. I, I don't feel like the cream cheese added a lot. Um, so I don't know. I, I made a joke on Facebook. I was like, they saw New York with all their hot dog carts and Detroit with their Coney dogs and Chicago with their, their salad on a bun. And they were like, what's left? What should we do? Oh, let's just squeeze some cream cheese on it and call it good. Cream cheese is so random. Like, I don't like when they put it in sushi either. It's just like, it seems a weird thing to put on savory foods or foods that are yeah. supposed to be savory. I mean, it it, it, it worked. It, it did. It, it wasn't like, I wouldn't crave it. Like, I'm not going to be like, I need to go back and get one. But hey, when you're in Seattle, I guess that's what you do. So they had those outside selling stuff. Inside, the park's really nice. Uh, retractable roof, which is cool field is gorgeous they have like this party pit like almost in the basement like it's hidden you have to like go downstairs and around a corner to get down there but it's right in the outfield behind the bullpen so it's all these like young people standing watching the game and their local uh radio station has a dj there playing like you know the newest music and stuff and just like blasting and little food stalls and beer down there so that was kind of unique compared to other stadiums that they had like a party pit essentially and during the day it was still like hopping and people were dancing all over the place and uh so yeah so i thought that was kind of like the most unique thing of the the stadium for sure all right and then let's uh talk about flying home so what happened uh before our friend pdx he sent me an article or you and me an article of the lines at seattle airport that they were extending all the way out of to the parking garage and people waiting hours just to get in the building apparently they had a lot of cruises or something that left on the same day or like, doesn't that usually happen all summer long? Like, it's weird to to be backed up yeah, for that. Can you be prepared though. for that if you have cruise ships coming to your city? <laughs> like, I guess I mean, like a one off. Maybe it was like a weird thing where extra ships got scheduled or, you know, multiple ships on the same day. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like that should cause a like an Armageddon at your airport. Yeah. And it wasn't. I mean, we flew out at 11 a.m. So we got there at like 9, 930 ish. And it wasn't that bad yet like it wasn't the line wasn't to outside but you know reading the article people were out in the parking lot for 45 minutes before they even got inside and there was a guy that i just had and you guys said it's like a cruise ship guy holding a sign on a stick line starts here because it was just people weaving all back and forth all around you know not even in ropes anymore like barely any of the line was in in a roped in area and it was just everywhere it reminded me of orlando you know, like four years ago, Orlando's gotten a lot better. It's still not great, but it used to just be chaos and lines everywhere, every which way. So it just seemed like they're not ready. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm flying with a guy that doesn't even have a credit card. So he definitely doesn't have TSA pre-check or any of that stuff. He only ever travels with me. So 
he's not going to openly spend money for that. So I'm like, dang it, you know, I have clear, I could get through this in, in a couple of minutes, but I can't leave him to fend for himself for, you know, an hour, hour and a half, maybe miss the flight. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I have all these business platinums. I'm going to use a clear credit. Of course, I don't have any of them with me. And uh, I call my wife. She's not at home. She's like 30, 40 minutes away from home. I'm like, okay, well, that will work. Like that we'll still get through in time. So that's the the backup plan. I reach out to some friends, seeing if they have a credit, you know, because everybody has like eight Platinums right now, or people that play the game at least do, you know, big time. But I'm like, you guys have to have extra ones. Oh, I don't have it with me. I'm traveling too, or whatever, or I've used all mine. So I remember randomly that my wife had texted me a picture of one of my business Platinums, but you know, back in the early summer when I got it, because I was on the road or something, I said, hey, I got a big purchase I need to make. Can you send me a picture of the card? So I'm scrolling through like, you know, hundreds of text messages going back and I finally find it. And I'm like, yes, okay. Now we just got to check and make sure I didn't use this like on my parents to get an Uber voucher when they had that sign up for clear, get $75. I signed up like everybody in the family for it so I could get all these uh, Uber credits. And I'm scrolling through, whip out my computer, go through all uh, my past statements and stuff, scrolling through, no clear charge on it. So I'm like, okay. So I punch him in, sign him up. We go to the thing. He finishes it at the kiosk for like three, four minutes. And we get through the line. The whole thing took like 20, 25 minutes, uh, you know, frantically going through the stuff. And my buddy's just standing there watching me. I know he's getting stressed out that he's going to have to go wait in that line. So I guess if you're traveling with somebody that doesn't have credit cards and stuff, bring an extra one just in case you need to buy them clear. I don't know. You got to get them a pre-check or global entry just to, so it lasts five years with one of your credits. So that way, uh, you know, you don't have to renew them next year. But so you're, you're I actually just like drop- clear better. I do. Yeah. Well, it is, it's better to, most cases, I don't feel like clear makes a difference, but when it makes a difference, it makes a difference. Like it's a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Denver and Seattle are the two places in the last year or so that it's really made a huge difference. Yeah. I agree on, on the Denver thing. So you're just dropping travel hacker, like ninja stuff everywhere, right? Booking extra rooms. Uh, doing <laughs> That's what clear he said. He's line. like, oh man, you're like the Harry Potter of travel. <laughs> Well, nice. like you definitely owe me a dinner after this. Like you owe me something. I mean, I'm like I'm moving everything around, switching last minute, better hotels, a room to yourself, like all this stuff. Like you got, it's like you're my wife. I, I just, uh, you know, fawned all over you for your birthday. <laughs> Mark, I've always considered you the Hermione Granger of miles and points. So good job. I am beautiful. Thank you. So, any other uh, takeaways of this uh, of this trip? No first easy transition, Sean. No easy transition. <laughs> yeah, what's flying Alaska transition? the first time, Seattle. What you thought of the? You know, I always I think Seattle is one of the most beautiful cities uh, in the world. I would I would say, and this isn't a knock, but I would call it a poor man's version of Vancouver. Uh, I got like similar vibes as Vancouver. <laughs> it's not Va- a knock. Oh, <laughs> it's man. not a knock. I mean, Vancouver is like <laughs> one of my favorite favorite cities for sure. So. It's not a knock. It gives you the same like waterfront views, same like uniqueness to it. I, I like uh, downtown Vancouver a bit more. It seems like it's pushed out a little bit more where Seattle's more focused in certain areas. And then if you get away from the waterfront, it's kind of not much going on for a bit. And I'm sure there's pockets that I don't know about and stuff like that. But I feel like Vancouver kind of fills up that space. And then you have the mountains and stuff in the background, which uh, Seattle doesn't doesn't quite have. So I feel like, you know, I wish I would have... Had more time to do, to do a uh, take a ferry over to the islands and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot to do in Seattle. It's definitely a good uh, four night type of place. I think you can get a lot done, 
and uh, it's really pretty. The weather in September was awesome, so maybe that's the time of year to go. Not wet, you know, 75, sunny, kind of crazy, but it, it was really, yeah, I, I'd go back for sure. Yeah, I think that's a good point talking about the weather because pretty much every time I've been to Seattle, it's been in the um, in the summer, maybe the early fall, and very rarely have I experienced rain there. But, you know, they go months and months and months without basically any sun some of the times, especially in the winter. So that's really always a challenge. Yeah, people have seen Twilight. Places. That's why the vampires live there. <laughs> exactly. So, no, but I'm saying just the, the experience that you'll have there going in the summer or when it's not raining is significantly better. And most days, I think, in the summer are, are sunny. They don't have a lot of rain during the summer season and stuff. So uh, definitely uh, worth going up there, even though... Um, you know, it could be more expensive and stuff, but the, to your point, just getting out on the ferry, seeing the city from the, from the water is really cool. I did that for the first time this year. Um, just walking around in your case, you could probably spend days and days and days just going to breweries and finding local restaurants and things like that. So uh, all kinds of good stuff there. Um, did you have any, I know people like to talk about Seattle and the homeless population. I've had some run-ins with the homeless people there this year. Um, but I mean, it does seem like the city is trying to deal with it in, in, in most cases. Yeah, it wasn't bad. And even uh, Lucas had said that. He's like, you know, I was worried about homeless population because it's been in the news so much. And I, I saw, you know, three or four people. And we stayed more towards the waterfront, more of the touristy area. So maybe that was why. But we didn't run into it a whole lot. I, you know, I would put it on par with any other major city as far as seeing, like, Denver was way worse, you know, for homeless population. I think that's probably the worst I've seen it anywhere in the last few years. So I didn't, it didn't seem like a problem to me, but I could have been in the wrong, wrong places for it, I guess. And absolutely, you recommend Alaska Airlines, right, to, to everybody. Yeah, if you want to rub the, if you're smoking a Jeffrey before you fly, definitely Alaska is your spot. <laughs> Imagine do, how many people uh, have they, rubbed that carpet. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah, what's worse, Joe, face on gum wall or face on Alaska Airlines carpet? I think uh, people's bodily fluids is always going to be worse. It's all dried out in the sun. Even it's if fine. it's dried out, <laughs> even if it's dried out, you know the the molecules stay there, Mark. You know the molecules stay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. gum walls. Oh God, there's there's nothing that gives me yeah the shivers more than looking at that that gum wall. No, thank you. So I guess we should. Uh, Leave it on that. This is a good episode hearing about Mark's travels. There's no, you know, one thing that Vancouver was better is it had a nice Cathay first story when you talked about going to Vancouver. But I only mentioned that because we had people Alaska should go first back. coming here. Bang. <laughs> Crumbling should cookies. should go, uh, go back and listen to that episode. Uh, Mark's trip to Vancouver because he talked all about, about that. That's one of our favorite early episodes. Uh, I don't know what episode number, but I'm sure if you go back to the early ones, you could find it uh, there. But uh, glad to hear... Uh, your adventures are going well. Happy birthday to your friend. How many more stadiums do you guys have to go? Uh, we're right around a little under halfway, so we're not we're not close at all. We got yeah, kind of, well, you know, COVID. We haven't done any, and this is the first one we've done since 2019. So we had to cancel the 2020 ones, and we didn't get back on it last year. So this was, you know, we did one this year, so we got to really focus on it next year. I'm I'm kind of dreading the California uh, trip of it because it's going to be, you know, we're gonna have to drive the whole coast and do all that. It's going to be like a week long thing. Sounds and terrible. Yeah. I don't, well, if I have to book two rooms the whole time, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> you need, you need to get that. Well, I need to get his brother so get, to come too, so I can put him in so there and make him pay. Upgrades. You can get sweet upgrades. Get that globalist status back. 
Yeah, I did. I did get a suite when I booked the uh, singular room. I did get a suite, which I thought was kind of funny. It, I mean, it was okay. She's like, I was gonna get get you a water room view, but it's not ready yet. And this was at five, like five p.m. You know, I have a suite. There's no view. Would you want? It? I'm like, I really don't care. I'm not. I'm not gonna be in the room very much. Whatever you have now is fine. So I got the suite. I don't know if it would have been better to have the water view or not, but it is what it is. I think unless you're in a place where you're gonna spend a ton of time with the view. I like nice views, but I'd rather have the nicer room. So that's generally uh, what I... Because, uh, you know, a suite is never going to have the worst view. You're not going to be looking at oh, like... this was bad. Oh, was it? Was it like yeah, looking at like looked, a rooftop? It was, it was, no, it was the side of a building and, and like windows that was a vacant floor of an office building that they're remodeling. So you had legit no view. Like it would have been better if they just frosted the glass on the window. Well, there you go. All right. Well, that's going to do it, I think, for this week's show. Joe is... Uh, Giving me the the death stare, saying we got to wrap it up here. So when, when Joe says that, we got to go. So Mr. Joe, where I can love people you that he find? Dumps it on Joe. <laughs> he, he does look at kind of serious I'm, over there. I'm, I'm so I'm tired. I'm tired of you're tired. tired. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I I've spent. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, you can find me at As Joe Flies on social media. What about you, Mark? Where can we find you complaining about the lions? I don't even, it's just funny. It's like comedy now. Once you just, you stop caring because it's so funny how they're so terrible. But you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Email me, mark at milestonemories.com. Join the Facebook groups, comment on the articles. I'll get back to you there. How about you, Sean? And you can find everything uh, we do with this show at mtmpodcast.com. That includes the links to subscribe, uh, links to apply for cards. And uh, we are at Miles to Memories all over social media and uh, milestonemories.com for our posts, podcasts videos, all the stuff that we do, milestomemories.com. Thanks so much for watching, for listening, not for watching, for listening. Talk to you next time. I had to watch this. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>